1: Listening to the Flock on Fox 45 Podcast, presented by Sports Unlimited, with your hosts, Morgan Adsent, and Rocco DeSangro. Your Baltimore Ravens breakdown of week 17 begins now.
0: All right, welcome into a brand new edition of the Flock on Fox 45, presented by Sports Unlimited. I'm Rocco DeSangro, got Michael Jaffe with me here. The Ravens fall to the Steelers 16 13 in the regular season home finale. And what a tough way to lose on Sunday night football,
1: Jaffe. It was um, almost predictable given the way some of the games had gone throughout the year Uh, and then just seeing how many times they struggled to get into any semblance of scoring position despite stringing together a few first downs. Um, But at home under the lights, I mean, the place was absolutely rocking for three and a half quarters or for 58 minutes and then it just went dead silent. I really thought
0: that these blown fourth quarter leads were a thing of the past, but I guess we're wrong. I can't put this solely on the defense. I know people are going to, you know, basically recency bias. It was the final drive of the game and they gave up that touchdown and they got gashed by Kenny Pickett, uh, by Najee Harris, and then by Kenny Pickett and Najee Harris on that final play to cap off that 11 play 80-yard drive uh, with that 10 yard touchdown. So it was tough. Roquan Smith got beat on that play by Najee. I think it looked like he hesitated and saw Pickett scramble. They almost had him for the sack, and I mean, he just got away, and then he floated it right over Roquan's head to Najee, who made an incredible catch. But uh, yeah, man, that was, as for Ravens fans, that, that had to be tough to
1: watch the team lose like that the way they did. Absolutely, and it brings us to essentially our two topics of the podcast today, which are going to be... What happened today only intensifies the questions surrounding Lamar Jackson's availability. And as you mentioned, the whole we thought we were over this two score thing. I mean, it's been a few weeks, um, but that was the theme of the first um, few weeks of the season where they just struggled to hold leads, particularly in the second half. And uh, that's sort of where we back are tonight. Um, what 17 weeks into the season and it goes back to a point that I had been making throughout the year which is you know this team has not significantly improved or altered the roster with the exception of Roquan Smith and you know around 500 is where you'd expect them to be without any significant additions or changes and that's that's sort of where we are I don't know what's happening with the offense man
0: I know Lamar's out but they have to be better plain and simple and it comes down to play calling and execution play calling and execution um a lot of the fans are going to go to play calling and there's a specific coach they're gonna they're gonna point the finger at and I understand that I mean he's got to get some of the blame and I'm talking about Greg Roman if not a lot of the blame because at times you're just like what what is he drawing up why is he running this they, they go, so after Justice Hill, it was a spark, M&T Bank Stadium. It was like the flame was lit. He goes 56 yards. He sets the Ravens up offensively at the Pittsburgh 40, and they go three and out. They didn't even get a field goal, man. Like, that cannot happen right there. And that was a huge, huge, huge deciding factor in the game, you know we're gonna we're gonna look at the the final defensive drive, uh offensive possession by Pittsburgh, defensive drive by by the Ravens. But take a look at that nine forty five to go. The Ravens. I'm not saying they could have put the game away, but they had an opportunity to increase that lead, and they they came away with nothing, man, nothing at all.
1: And it was the frustration level in the locker room afterwards felt a little more different than earlier in the season. I think it sort of no, it lends itself to they know this is crunch time they know this was their biggest missed opportunity this season so far not just because they could have kept their division title hopes alive and in their own hands but because it seems like these frustrations have been boiling for a while Um, even though they had been winning I mean by absolute miracles or the fact that the defense really is that good most of the time but it, I want to go back to some of what JK. Dobbins told you after the game in the locker room, and that was, don't make any insinuation or assumptions that the Steelers stopped the run game. Yeah. Dobbins seemed frustrated without saying it explicitly that he didn't get the ball enough. Seventeen carries, five and a half yards per carry. It seemed like, even though you know he likes to say, oh, you know, I'm not a hundred percent or that kind of a thing. I don't think that means health-wise. I think that's where he thinks he should be personally. But the fact that he is saying the run game wasn't stopped and that you know he only got the ball 17 times says that, you know, I don't want to read too much into it, but I don't think he was too happy about the way the game was called. I want to know why Gus Edwards only got three carries. Between the two of them.
0: No, Gus, uh, are, I'm saying Gus Edwards. No, they had I'm 20 saying, carries like, total between the two. I know them. Yeah. you're feeding J.K. Why is Gus Edwards getting three carries when he closed out the game against the Falcons, like in crunch time, and he was
1: rolled like that? That's what I want to know. The, there are going to be a lot of questions for Greg Roman if he's a part of the coordinators bunch on uh, <laughs> those midweek interviews. I mean, it's only it's going to be uh, Wednesday. Someone's going to have to ask. I don't him think they're going to can this. him. The final no, no, but. It's, someone is going to whoever is there is going to have to ask him what was the mindset going into that fourth quarter with only 20 carries between two guys who are absolutely wrong I I wish I wish we could talk to him on
0: Monday or or, you know not not like on on Wednesday because I'm my off days on Monday but on Wednesday that's that's the first day that we get to talk to Harbaugh and the players like really about the game and everything and it's like By the time that happens, it's like, all right, three days have passed. By the time, you know, Roman talks, it's Thursday already, and they're focused on another team. It's not like, hey, what went wrong here? I mean, the questions are going to be asked about
1: that. Reporters are going to ask those questions, but it's like... Well, at the very least, it's something that should and could come up Monday. I assume this will come up Monday... Or Tuesday, depending on which day you know we're recording this Sunday night after the game, it's gonna drop Monday morning on uh, your podcast platforms. So you know, we'll find out over the course of the week. But I would hope this comes up Monday in John Harbaugh's news conference, unless they push it to Tuesday, uh, which could very well happen given that they're probably looking at the tape now. Um, but you know those are the questions. Let's move on to the other topic of the day, which is Lamar Jackson. We don't know what his status is. We saw plenty of uh, shots from him during the broadcast on the sideline, very into the game, watching the game. It was clapping. The he was cheering on his teams. I, I, was. There were certain plays where, like, I was
0: looking over to the sideline from the press box and kind of watching his body language and watching what he did. And he was, he was really into it. He was cheering on his guys. He was like, he was ticked off when things didn't go their way. Like, he was into it. Like he was playing. And for. You know, I I see a lot of you know social media is a cesspool of toxic comments, and I see a lot of people saying Lamar quit on the team, this and that, and the other thing. I don't think the guy quit on the team at all. There was a there was one report came out that he wasn't going to his his treatment, or he was skipping treatment, and like another report came out, Mike Preston of the Baltimore Sun put out that his treatment record has been has been spotless, like in a good way. His attendance his attendance has been perfect, and Initially, the Ravens thought that it was like a three to four week ordeal, and now it could be a six week ordeal. And then Rappaport comes out and he said, in Rappaport of NFL Network, he's like, they're in no rush to get Lamar back right now because they've already clinched a playoff berth. So you hear kind of conflicting reports. Sometimes you hear the same reports. And the big guys like Rappaport and like, you know, Preston, who's been doing this for a while, they're going to get those inside tips and they're going to be able to send him out and report. Um, so it's tough for fans. Like they don't know what to believe. They're hearing one thing that Lamar may not be all in and they're like freaking out. They think, I don't think he's a quitter at all. I think the guy it really wants to win, but why would you rush back a knee injury when you've already clinched a playoff berth? I get for foresee- C, but like,
1: I, I don't know. I, I don't need to look into any of these rumors from the locker room. You heard it from Mark Andrews yourself and he might be the least BS guy in the locker room. He just tells it like it is, and he doesn't care who's asking the question or how it comes across, and he flat-out told you, you know, Lamar is doing everything he can to come back as quickly as he can. For me, that's all I need to hear. I mean, that is someone who is there every day witnessing it. There's no and he gets unnamed sources. Yeah, there's no unnamed sources. There's no yeah. reason to think anyone's told the players, hey, if anyone asks – Tell Lamar's working really hard. Mark Andrews is that guy who's going to tell you the truth whether you want to hear it or not.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Yeah. No, it's... They... If the... So, I don't know when this podcast is going to drop, but let's let's say it drops Monday. It let's will. Let's say, okay, it will. I'm going to be out the the guy. You're the guy who puts it together. So, tonight there's a big game between the Bengals and the Bills, and Ravens fans need to be rooting for the Bills uh, if they want their team to win the AFC North. And if the Bengals lose, that's great for the Ravens because next week, the Ravens can still control their own destiny. That might be, all right, we bring Lamar back. But that might also be, we don't want to bring him back if he's not 100%. Because we've seen injuries come back to haunt this team. And the last thing they want, no like is Tyler Huntley having to start a playoff game. And that's nothing against his talent or, who, you know, the type of person he is. But when you have a former MVP, that can, you know, the, the offense has been so just, like, terrible lately. Like, even when he was here, like, for the last couple of weeks of him being here, it was it was not great. But maybe he just brings in that extra juice. Maybe if he comes back for the Cincinnati game, the offense gets a little bit better. I don't, I don't know, man. But it's in the red zone. They're just, they're just so bad. Today they had a red zone touchdown, but like they had, you have opportunities. They're unable to capitalize. I was looking at, trying to look back. I was like, I was wondering. I was like, when, when was the last time the Ravens scored two touch back to back touchdowns or two touchdowns on back to back possessions offensively? It was against Tampa Bay. That was Week Eight.
1: It's kind of unacceptable. Yeah, it's, it's like you said, losing, or not losing today, but the uh, the Bengals taking the division, losing out on the division, might be the best thing for them. Um, I I just look at the standings. You, If you have a chance to lock up that number five spot, you get Jacksonville or Tennessee. I'm not really threatened by either of those teams right now. Yes, there is a history of Tennessee in the playoffs, and yes, the Ravens blew a lead to Jacksonville, but a chance to go back there and correct what went wrong in that fourth quarter, I really don't see a repeat of that happening. Here's here's the good thing. But, for, go ahead. But I was going to say, you win the division, you might end up having to face the Chargers in the opening round. I'll, I'll tell
0: you this, man. It's If they do end up winning the division, that's fantastic, but we... This game against the Bengals, no matter if the Bengals win the division or not by beating the Bills, I don't think the Bengals would rest their starters or anything against the Ravens. I don't think there's you know, there it's it's an and AFC North Division rivalry, man. And I, I don't I'm not sure either team would. But if the Ravens end up playing a fully healthy um Bengals team without rest without them resting any starters, if if you know, regardless of what happens, if, if they're playing a fully healthy Bengals team, we're going to really see how the Ravens match up against some of the top three teams in the AFC right now, because they're not one of them. They're not. Talent-wise, they are not right now. It's the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals. In, I, I don't know what order I even want to pick it in, but that's, I mean, it's it's that right there.
1: Yeah, it's... But but they
0: have a tendency to play. They've played down to their level of competition the last couple of weeks. Will they be able to play up to the level of competition if they face a team like the Bengals uh, in January? Harbaugh talks about
1: December football, January football. This is when it matters, man. Yeah, and you look at the talent deficiency, and the question is, who are you going to throw the ball to? Eventually, you're going to need to. They're not going to be able to just run over teams. And even when they choose not to run over teams while they're currently doing it there's a very serious question outside of Mark Andrews who's going to catch the ball
0: and on that topic with Mark Andrews it was good to see him back nine catches 100 yards he's back into Mark Andrews form I know they lost but to see your top target um, one of the best tight ends in the league be able to haul in nine catches for 100 yards when he's had a a couple like really
1: really off weeks um, it's it's good for the offense. And it was exactly what they needed when you knew the Steelers were going to do whatever they could to stop the run and how much healthier he is than he was just three, four weeks ago. That he's able to create those matchup problems for the Steelers that were stuff in the box. So, yeah, um, man. I'm just looking at the box score and yeah.
0: I'm like, where's the offense? Like, because you can't find it anywhere. Like, Dobbins, 17 carries, 93 yards. That's good for him um but then it's Huntley with seven carries 24 yards Gus Edwards three rushes man that's it and then Andy Isabella gets his once or twice a game jet sweep which like is one of the easiest plays to sniff out because you know like if he if he goes in motion he's getting the ball in a jet sweep so it's like just take that and throw it away man like that that play is just like I'm sorry and then Andrews with nine catches, a hundred yards. Isaiah Likely, three catches for twelve yards. He had a few drops as well, a few crucial drops. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, one catch for nine yards. DeMarcus Robinson, one catch for nine yards. And uh Josh Oliver got one target. It's like
1: I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't I don't it's, know. I <laughs> it's a very interesting situation looking ahead to Sunday because we can't really figure out what the strategy is gonna be until we know what happened happens later tonight and we can't predict what will happen what we do know is they will probably not bring back Lamar Jackson for the final week if the Bengals already wrap up the division yeah why would you right you probably are going to rest some of your key players on defense or maybe give them a few series Um but if it's all on the line for the division you may see Lamar Jackson back out there if he's healthy the problem is what was supposed to be week to week and definitely not season ending is officially going to be season ending if he doesn't play yeah regular season ending at least yeah yeah
0: and and Jaffe who knows it could be season ending we might not see him in the playoffs the expectation is that he'll play in the playoffs but but the expect the expectation was he'd potentially be back for the Steelers game nobody outright you know came out and said that but like that was the hope for this
1: football team. He hasn't practiced and on the days when John Harbaugh is available, no one's really asked how close is he to practicing? They are. They have. They have. It's I don't
0: like that narrative. I don't I don't like the narrative that nobody's asking Harbaugh about Lamar because well, they are.
1: They are, but it's one question and move on. No, there've been a recently. few times where it's been a couple.
0: But like you can only ask the same question in so many different ways. Well, they're all yes or no questions. <laughs> I disagree with that. I disagree. I think there's – there. I think um, Jameson Hensley asked a question. Yes. He was like, are you optimistic? He worded it in a great way. And Harbaugh was like, yeah, I guess. And it's just like – but those are – you can ask – I'm telling you, man, you can ask the question any way you want, and he's going to answer it. It's going to be coach speak. Yep. You're not – like, unless Lamar is, like, ready to come back, and strategy-wise, they don't want to give it away either. And that's their thing. Sure. So, But, but like – that's going to be the question on Monday. It's going to be in the press. That's
1: all it's going to be. Yeah. It, that's all it should be. It would just, Lamar, Lamar, Lamar. Because this team, this offense, has been atrocious without him. It, I mean, embarrassingly bad. Like, Broncos first half of the season, Russell Wilson bad. Is this offense what we're watching right now? Anyway, it's, you know, everyone was ticked off in the
0: locker room after the game, as you can imagine. Patrick Queen, um, you know. Broderick Washington looked like he was going to break down because he was just like, you could see the emotion, he was just wearing it on his sleeve, and he was, he was upset. Brent Urban as well, um, JK, Mark Andrews was like, but they know there's potential that they can still win the AFC North. I think it obviously stings, and you could tell it does sting, but it stings a bit less because they've already locked up a playoff spot. They could still potentially win the AFC North, so there is some positivity in the locker room. They basically said the message was, "Let's get back to the drawing board. Let's get back to the drawing board," and that's exactly what they have to do. Um, If if the if the Bengals
1: do end up losing, that's fantastic. The the Bills will be favored in that game and should be. They're still the, you know, it's still them and the Chiefs, and then everyone else.
0: That's that's what it is right now in the AFC. So um, we'll see what happens. On Monday night, Ravens fans, uh, you got to root for the Bills. I don't make the rules. That's that's the deal, though. Um, if you want your team to have a shot at the AFC North a Division crown, the Bengals have to lose on Monday night. And, you know, then the Ravens back to controlling their own destiny. But, listen, we'll see you here next week. Uh, same time to wrap up the regular season. You know, maybe talk about some winners and losers this season. And... Uh, We'll definitely touch on the outlook for this football team as they head into postseason play. Uh, For Michael Jaffe, I'm Rocco DiSangro. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Flock on Fox 45 presented by Sports Unlimited.
1: You've been listening to The Flock on Fox 45 podcast presented by Sports Unlimited. Stay up to date on the latest Ravens coverage. Check the Sports Unlimited tab on foxbaltimore.com.